how is the American economy doing? According to the Federal Reserve's beige book, the outlook remains highly uncertain. So based on that introduction, you might be thinking like, what the heck is the beige book? And why should I care anything about what it says about the economy? The beige book is a Federal Reserve system publication about current economic conditions within all 12 of the Federal Reserve bank districts. And it categorizes regional economic conditions and prospects based on mostly qualitative information that they get directly from individuals within the district's sources. Why you should care is that the qualitative nature of the Federal Reserve's beige book actually provides a lot of color, which sounds interesting because they call it the beige book, but just kind of adds some first person color to like what is happening specifically in each one of these districts that would more than likely not be captured in much larger macro data that is reported by the Federal Reserve. This really helps you to look at some like emerging trends that are happening. And I think this is important to kind of drill down to some of these emerging trends and dynamics that are happening within the market because CPG brands or, or just businesses as a whole right now, you are normally offered nationally now. I mean, if you're sold on Amazon, you're sold on your own website, you are offered all over the place. And a lot of times that then creates you to just think about the market just as like this one size fits all approach. And that's the furthest thing from the case. The American economy is more than ever very individualized. And that's no more apparent than right now during COVID-19 where you have such a swing in terms of regions and states and even within the states like certain cities that are being affected both consciously and subconsciously by COVID-19 in different ways. And for you to take like this all-encompassing view of the market with your brand is just gonna make a bunch of problems. And because of that, I wanted to kind of bring this first of a video series of the Beige Book to you guys because I think that it's gonna add a lot of value and this is gonna create advantages in your business. So instead of having you guys read the whole document, I wanted to pull my like top five highlights from the latest uh, Beige Book and add some extra kind of color commentary and just hopefully give you guys a little bit more insights towards like how do you actually apply that to your business. So the first highlight that I wanted to bring is actually from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve Bank and they report that some businesses shuttered from COVID-19 the surviving businesses have been picking up the market share the former has left behind, but nearly all surviving businesses report working harder to maintain a profit margin. So if you think about what's going on in like the Philadelphia region, you can kind of think about in the near term, if businesses are closing, a consumer is used to buying X and that's no longer available, they're gonna be looking for substitute Y or Z. If you are substitute Y or Z, you're gonna be able to get some of that. But each dollar within the existing model, within the existing product categories, um, existing landscape, all of the things you need to kind of think about as a whole, like each one of those dollars are gonna be coming increasingly harder to get. One, because of just the overall uncertainty in the market, people are maybe not spending as much in certain areas. Um, secondarily, when certain consumers maybe had to move on from things, they didn't have an available substitute, or maybe they just decided not to purchase, that particular product, 
they went uh, a certain period of time without that product. And sometimes that means they realize they didn't need that product anymore. And because of that, it just evaporates. The current demand of that product evaporates. So it's tougher for you then to get every single incremental dollar available, regardless if there's less competitors or not, because some of the demand maybe evaporated because of new behaviors in the market. I think a opportunity to kind of take from this is if you're able to kind of innovate and create new model or a new product offering that fits within the kind of new normal or just address the new problems or challenges in the market with a product, I think that's your biggest opportunity to kind of position yourself towards the future. This is the perfect opportunity to look at the current landscape and say, hey, how can I make a better experience? How can I make a better product? And if I'm able to do that, I'm gonna have a better opportunity to win. The second highlight that I wanna bring up is coming from Dallas's Federal Reserve Bank, and they report retail sales rebounded sharply in June, a bit from depressed levels. A majority of respondents noted an increase in sales activity, though reports regarding the pace of growth were mixed. Outlooks were optimistic, but contingent upon a stabilization of COVID-19 cases. This is Dallas. This is a little bit north of where I'm at in Texas, most of the southern kind of sunbelt area here. We did not get to experience what um, some of the northeast experienced on that first initial COVID-19 so when we were staying at home and, and restricted living, we were kind of looking around and saying, is this just, is this something that we should be worried about at this time? Regardless if it was or not, we went through it. Um, and then when we opened up kind of initially early, we got out there and we started doing things and then we got kind of what they consider maybe the second wave or what data is interpreting as the second wave. We then are now looking at more restrictions in our lives as a second time. And then that's creating a bunch of uncertainty and creating a bunch of issues that need to be focused on regionally. So if your products are sold in an area that is doing well and they haven't had much of a rebound in cases, you know, that's great. But don't think about apples to apples in all Americans when they are looking at it and kind of reverting back to maybe some of the buying or consumer behavior that we saw you know, three months ago. Just kind of keep an eye on that because it's very important that some of these areas are starting to feel a similar kind of pressure in their kind of regional economy that they were feeling about three or four months ago. The third highlight that I want to bring up is coming from the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank, and they report that retailers that were operating maintained narrow inventories in case shelter-in-place restrictions were reimposed, a decision that weakened sales at suppliers. Right now, retailers are looking at this as like risk off. They're trying their best to like alleviate risk. And you're seeing this across all different retailers. They are not looking to take on a bunch of risk, especially in their inventory that they can't specifically sell at that time. So they might not be taking any new products within merchandising sets. They might be only focusing on the ones they know are going to sell within an environment that they can somehow like take some of the uncertainty away and just kind of go towards back to the basics. So then that hurts a lot of brands that are trying to get on shelf, new brands that are trying to get on shelf. Also, it limits like the back stock that's happening. So a lot of this is gonna be passed down to the suppliers. They're not able to sell as much products. So anything that's like unproven or has slow velocity risks to be off shelf. And that's gonna be hurting a lot of brands as a lot of this uncertainty kind of continues. Retailers are not gonna to wanna to just kind of have their cash sitting there and collecting dust, especially if they don't have a mechanism to get rid of it digitally. 
So for brands, this creates a lot of issues because one, there's not as many selling opportunities. Also, it just creates like a larger hurdle to get into some of these merchandising sets. So like anybody that's really focused on selling into physical retailers and looking to get you know accounts and, and getting sales meetings and getting on shelf, there's gonna be such a bigger hurdle to get onto. So this is something where you need to, as a brand or as a retailer regardless, you need to be focusing on digital. I think digital is the way that we're gonna get past any of this. I think the digital penetration is gonna to move towards 15% up to like 30% for us to get through this. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I think e-commerce is definitely gonna be the way that we get through any of this economic hurdles in the short term. The fourth highlight that I want to bring up is coming from the Minneapolis Federal Reserve Bank, and they report that passenger screenings in June at the eight largest district airports within that region roughly doubled over the previous month, but remained 75% below last year. Airport contacts said that leisure travel was returning faster than business travel. So if anybody's been following some of the movement patterns of Americans lately, that is through TSA reports daily, people that are coming through security. Um, I think Google and Apple do something with their maps to show you activity levels in terms of people moving around. And there's a variety of other things like shipment of goods, things that are passing through certain checkpoints across our highway systems. You will notice that things are down. Things are down immensely. They, they have been coming up, but you're still down 70 odd percent in a lot of cases. And depending on if you are a brand that sells into certain channels, this is very important because if you are somebody that's focused a lot on convenience, maybe that is something like energy drinks that are sold 70 odd percent within the convenience uh, stores, you're looking at this and saying, ah, this is a little bit tough. I know it's rebounded. If you're looking at some of the data, IRI data or Nielsen data, that has really moved back to pre-pandemic levels. But you have to take notice of this with some of your sales channel strategies. If you're in convenience channel, if you're sold in airport distribution, if you are at some of the shopping centers and things around like tourist destinations, all those things matter. You got to be paying attention to some of these movement patterns. One positive is that leisure travel is returning faster than business travel. I think business travel is one of those things where a lot of it is just getting cut out. I think even when there's a tinge of risk, a lot of businesses, at least for me personally, like I've just decided not to travel, even though I'm not necessarily concerned with anything around COVID-19, I'm just not adding extra risk to anybody on the other side of that. So some of my business partners, and, and I don't obviously know everything that's going on with the people that I'm going to be meeting and their families and everything. So I just would rather not do anything that's extremely risky. But with the American economy being driven by the U.S. consumer, this is important because if people are feeling confident and they're feeling like they're, the uncertainty is out of the system and they feel confident getting around, some of that then trickles down into their shopping list. They feel more confident buying things. The final highlight that I wanna bring up is from the Cleveland Federal Reserve Bank and they report that weak demand for goods and services was the primary factor constraining hiring. But contacts also suggested that hiring was inhibited by workers' persistent fears of contracting the virus, a lack of childcare, and generous unemployment insurance benefits. Simply put, without employment, there is no U.S. consumer. If they don't have money to spend because they are not working, the economy falls. I think a lot of the goods and services are constrained because of one, some type of maybe restricted living, even if it's not coming from the state government or local government, it's just people's 
not necessarily being all that interested in moving around if they don't have to. I think I've seen data that the savings rate has been going up because people are trying to save for this rainy day that they think maybe can extend out a little bit longer. They don't trust that maybe the government's gonna come and, and kind of step in to help them with more stop gaps. But as mentioned, the uncertainty does go deeper and longer than just like the government putting a we are open for sale type of a situation. A lot of Americans are being extremely affected emotionally um, with this. And because of that, that restricts their movement patterns, regardless if the local and state government is telling you go out and shop, it's open, do whatever you need to do. And that's a major problem that I think is not being equated enough in the business community. Additionally, things to think about here is that if schools, like in-person schooling does not open, that creates a ton of issues in the economy, mainly because a lot of the workers, if they're able to work from home, they're gonna be lost productivity because they're gonna have the kids at home as well, making sure that those kids are being properly schooled. Second, if they're not able to work from home, then they're gonna to have to take some intermittent time off maybe between the two working parents. And that's gonna create a lot of issues as well because of people just calling out, businesses are gonna miss a lot of that labor. And then a final note on just the generous unemployment benefits. I honestly think this is gonna be something that we're gonna look back on and, and realize that it was kind of a mistake. I, I understand in the short term, it was something that needed to happen as quick as possible to kind of create those stop gaps, but it created behaviors that were just not the right behaviors that needed to happen. You created people that didn't want to go back to work. So in the future, if we're looking at things like UBI and, and maybe we need to create UBI because of computers and robotics and artificial intelligence, machine learning and things taking our jobs, we need to think about, do we just pay UBI out or do we create some type of jobs job share that is focused on maybe infrastructure. Now to conclude this video, I do want to just zoom out a little bit away from the regions and just think about just the economy as a whole and, and take some lessons that were across all of the districts in the July 15th of 2020's Federal Reserve's Beige Book. The economic activity increased almost across every district. So that's a great thing. I think the base that they were comparing it was not great because that was the restricted living stay at home section, the last report that was out. So I think anything would have looked great, but it's still awesome to see positivity in the system, in the economy. There was some commentary that commercial real estate activity stayed relatively low. I think that's because people just don't feel very confident in starting a business, specifically a physical business. I don't know the breakout between, you know, commercial like distribution or fulfillment uh, square footage. I know that's really hot right now over just like general strip malls or, or things like that. I just think at this point, it's extremely risky to kind of create a front-facing retail business. Transportation activity as a whole and air freight in terms of some of the cargo and things that's up. It's a lot of times around movement of goods and e-commerce is really kind of proving that that's gonna be something that we have to lean on a lot more in the future. Loan um, applications uh, outside of like the PPP uh, was pretty flat. Um, also, because this period did include some of the repayments of the PPP that did create some extra liquidity into the market of businesses that were able to then deploy that. We'll see how long that lasts in the system, especially if we see some reversion in terms of restricted living. And they made 
Additional comments just around how highly uncertain outlooks are right now. I think everybody is just really trying to grapple with what's going to happen next. I don't think anybody, regardless of how much data you look at and how well-informed you are, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in 45 days from now. And all of that uncertainty creates a ton of problems within the U.S. economy. This is much bigger than one person. This is much bigger than one company and a collection of companies. This is something that is as macro as you're going to get. And this is a global issue right now in terms of the economies to kind of create a solution that hopefully will bring us out of this in a much better situation.